magical hour. Oh, Matthew and Schaefer. Shafy, Shafy, are you there? You boys like Mexico? Yeah! Well, well, well. The smooth sounds of ContraZoom mixtapes. What do those smooth sounds mean to you? I'll tell you what they mean to me. They mean it's time for... One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. Guess what? Zero birds on Bill the Landlord's bird feeder. No, because it's nighttime. That's right, we're back to recording at night, and we're glad for it. It's just a little sharper at night, a little weirder, a little slappier. You know how it goes. Do you know how it goes, Matthew? I know that there is pain, but you podcast for one more day and you break free break from the chains of the metrics uh-huh. i do i do i do shafi um no wait what was the question <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe the question was do you know what that means oh yes yes i it's pavlovian for me uh-huh. uh you know pavlovian podcast um I'd like to I'd like to uh, double down on what Schaefer just said in terms of sometimes we podcast at night and sometimes we podcast during the day. And it really all started out during the day. But once it switched over to the night, it, it we is, we it is special. Creatures of the night. I'm not really a creature of the night. I'm a creature of the day. I thought that I would have to podcast during the day, but... Um, maybe I am a little weirder in the evening. Creature of the night. I'd like to welcome to the podcast a uh, a new stalwart addition to the show, Schaefer's new mic. <laughs> oh, I like how you went back to Steve Brule to start the show. Um, if you juice in there. If you, oh, oh, hunter-gatherers, if you listen to episode 53, you might have heard some poor audio quality. And apparently, Schaefer's mic was, as my kids have taken to saying, on the fritz. Um, <laughs> my kids have been saying it's on the fritz all the time. It's um, a, a great expression, but, but how do you think it makes fritz feel? Is that anti-German sentiment? That nah, it's stuff. okay. That's I'll fine. We've talked what, about def- this before. It's fine. It's definitely anti-Fritzian. Poor Fritz and his... <laughs> if you're a guy named Fritz, and I apologize to any hunter-gatherers out there whose middle or first name is indeed Fritz, but if you are a guy named Fritz, how do you feel about that? Yeah. If, if, if anybody out there is named Fritz, get at us. and then Get at us. Let us know if, if you find the expression on the Fritz. 
you can use the email address. Be a, be a little offensive. Feedback at onemagicalhour.com. We have a we have an email address at which to get at us. Get at us. Of course, you can always give us a review. Uh, those are great for our metrics, as Matthew mentioned before. Speaking of metrics, uh, Matthew, you got the big news, right? We uh, are we sold two T-shirts. Holy moly! <laughs> or, uh, the, the organization that is One Magical Hour is now up $3.80. My guess is that there's going to be some well-dressed hunter-gatherers out there. Yeah, there's particularly in Kilgore, Texas. <laughs> Those two are sweetheart. Wait, did you? It was supposed to be a Prezi, did you? Oh, I, I hope. <laughs> I hope that we don't. I hope that we don't have to go back and cut that out of the show because I don't uh, have time for that. Maybe it's those other cute two people we love in Kilgore. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to the show. Look, if you're, walking, if you're walking down the high street in Kilgore and you see somebody with One Magical Hour t-shirts on and, it, and you're not Cat and Jeff, then weird. <laughs> <laughs> And then it just got real weird. Or you're probably feeling the duality. Um, yeah, and, and in all honesty, though, I was just I was looking at some metrics. Today. It's really exciting. Uh, we have our first Chilean listeners. Uh, two downloads in Chile. How cool is that? Do you know somebody in Chile? Uh, not you know unless. Uh, I mean, maybe I do and I've forgotten, or maybe somebody that I knew in the past moved to Chile and I don't know about it. Maybe it's just uh, somebody who found us through that Jack Sparrow house episode. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, you mean the blowout most popular ep- all-time episode? By far the most popular episode. <laughs> the combination of Alex Battles and Jack Sparrow is unbeatable. Do you think that that's a common internet search? <laughs> what, Alex Battles plus Jack Sparrow? Yeah. You think that's common? It is, it is now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh. All right, it's great just, so, great um, just to be talking to you, man. Honestly, I feel on top of the world. Yeah, good talking to you. Um, I've been going, I've been struggling over here. Ask me how the remodel's going. I'm scared. I'm scared too. <laughs> how's, how's the remodel? Well, there's there was a snafu. No. Did you know how difficult it is to get a plumber to come to your house and do work? Uh, is this a is this a trope? Is this like a common thing? <laughs> we had a plumber lined up. It's the holidays. That's part of it. Uh, but we had a plumber lined up and he kept like stringing us along. Like that time I told Jameson to just leave that girl alone. She was just stringing him along, you know. Uh, hey, I'm going to pay. Hey, I'm coming today. I'll be there at noon. Oh, oh can't, I can't come today. Oh, I'll, come, I'll be there tomorrow. I'll be, oh, later today. Oh, well, how about tomorrow? And then it's like Christmas Eve. And this guy's, then he's saying, oh, I'll come between two and three. And I'm like, that's really not a good time. And then he just never showed up. So that was plumber number one. And then we were, we had a three or four plumbers we were trying to call to get over there, over here. And it, it at like five days, 
passed before I finally got a plumber to come and like look and assess the situation. But uh, that guy, that guy came today, Dan, and uh, you know, he he made a list and said he'd be back in the morning. So, <laughs> and my kids are like, "Is the plumber gonna come?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Is Santa gonna come? You never, you sort of never know until it happens." You know, <laughs> depends if Matthew was good this year. So, uh, man, the, the plumber thing has really been getting me down. Just the stalling of the. That's why the first plumber didn't come because you were naughty. We're all using the like the small bathroom. You know, it's very difficult. <laughs> I can't imagine. They're that. all they're, they're, everything is out of place in my house and and it feels like in my life and I get really I let it get to me emotionally. Uh I I, I know all of these things are very like what's more corporeal than plumbing and gutting a bathroom and just the legit you can imagine the logistics of that and there are tropes about contractors and construction jobs and those are all true it like it's crazy it always takes longer than you think there's always holdups mm-hmm. but but then i get entrenched in the sitch and i let it affect me emotionally i'm also very busy at my job i'm also trying to do a good job on this podcast i also am raising uh, bald apes and <laughs> um who I hope to make human someday. And, um, you know, it's a lot. So plumber problems lead to like real world problems. And I, I, I will say that that Wilson Phillips song really reached through time <laughs> and, uh, helped me on. I got to just hold on for one more day here. Hold on. Yeah. <clears throat> so I have well, a, you said that everything's out of place in your house. I can tell you, Three things that are not out of place. There are your water heater, those Griffin's paracletes, and that ra- and that racquetball racket. I've been adding some things back here. I don't know if you've noticed. I, I, and I love the new friends back there. Yeah. The listeners love it when we describe. <laughs> this is this is such a, a visual medium. Uh, I had I had a a pair of goggles or construction protective eyewear that I kind of retired and I, I hung them back there. I, I think I can keep adding stuff on that wall. I have to say that the wall behind me has been a very unimportant wall in my house since, until this program. <laughs> and now it's famous. I know. And now it's in songs with their fakey garage. I've got a, well, I've got a beat to go along with, um, one of my favorite segments. I mean, it might be my favorite segment. I feel like it's a big part of the program. Yield word shop. There's this word that's coming up. It's coming up this week on TV and here in Austin, Texas. There's forecast a wintry mix. Wintry. Wintry mix. Wintry, yes. And I'm no English expert, but this word has always just bugged the crapola out of me. Did I say that right, crapola? Um, Wintry. It's it's so, it seems lazy. Like, to me, the word is wintry. 
by any by any English standard, and we I know we know it's all breaking rules. The whole thing is about breaking rules. But by any English yeah. standard, the word is wintry. But apparently, in modern English, indeed, wintry is the preferred spelling. And I looked this up. Wintry has a long history in English, but it has never been the preferred form. In 21st century books, it appears once for approximately every 20 instances of wintry. Um, and it, of course, wintry is the preferred nomenclature of the meteorologist because they love, and this is just a ruse to get you to watch the news, to get you to stick around for the weather segment. They, they'll, they'll hook you in with tales of a wintry mix, you know. Well, I, this is less a yield workshop than it is just a rant. And I want to get your f- opinion about it, your feedback on it. Like a lot of my quote unquote quizzes where I just compile a list of stuff that I want your input on. <laughs> I haven't uh, actually I, figured out the, I haven't actually figured out the structure of a quiz. Um, how do you feel you, about Wintry? I'm just quickly go over it. What is the, what are the facts the facts are it is W I N T E R E Y. No, the, what I'm seeing on the internet and I know I've looked this up before. It is totally the, the more correct, at least with modern English is W I N T R Y. Oh, wintry. Okay. To me, the word is wintry. Yeah. And, it's and not, that's, that uh, uh, honestly, wintry sounds like some sort of Dickensian affectation. Which kind of is something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> something that I can understand, you know, the Christmas time, holiday season, everybody's Ebenezer Scrooging. Everybody's Ebenezer. Yeah, if you're a character in a Dickens novel, sure, say wintry. I, but wouldn't you even more Young even man, if, wouldn't you what say weather is this? Why, sir, it's wintry. Yeah, yes. Like <laughs> common street urchins might say wintry. <laughs> Not pseudoscientists, meteorologists, whom yeah, I put a lot of faith in. It doesn't surprise me. The, the, the weatherman is really the ham of the newsroom, isn't he? Yes. She, and the weather person. It's indicative of a whole dumbing down of America thing where whatever's easier to whatever shorter and easier to say. And now we've got all of the, the internet acronyms, (laughs) acronyms or anagrams. (laughs) Didn't we get in trouble for this earlier? Um, You know, just LOL and IMHO, you know, we don't have time for, we're Americans, we don't have time for these things. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah, oh, we're so busy. Yeah, we're Smashing, busy. Uh, we got, we got cast to smash, my friend. We got cast to smash? Oh no, oh no. We got, we got cast iron tubs to smash. Yeah, right. That's, I was re-listening to that episode and like, I, it cracked me up when you said it, and then hearing it again cracked me up, and then I heard myself cracking up, and then it was me laughing with myself at the joke you made. 
Oh, that's very meta. Oh yeah, holy, holy simoleons, man! You didn't know what you were doing when you when you smacked that cast iron tub with that sledgehammer. I wish we what humorous paroxysms you were sending both me and a later me into. I wish that we had taken a vidya of that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um. You know, a vidya, because I don't have time to say video. Um, so I don't, I don't know if you're out there and you use wintry. That's fine. It's the correct thing. But I'm, I'm gonna go with wintry moving forward. Wintry bitches. I oftentimes take the, uh, the secondary pronunciation anyway. I think we've, we've established that. There's lots, there's lots of fun to be had. The English language, we've definitely established that. Oh, oh! Do you think that that's a part of this show? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh you, yeah. There's a couple. I think that we should maybe end with our respective poetry corners. Mm-hmm. I wanted to address the elephant in Alex's mind. I wanted to talk about the hairbrushing song again. <clears throat> I, <laughs> this is becoming, uh, we, we are really priming this up. We are selling the sizzle. And I think people are going to be let down, even though it's a really good song. It's just, we've talked about it so much. And I just want to remind everybody where we're at. Schaefer has asked me to record me singing it a cappella so that he can work on the arrangement. And uh, I have not done that, and so he couldn't do his part. Um, uh, I, I feel like it's too much buildup, like a cheap shampoo. Um, I, I think that oh, get it, shampoo, hairbrushing song. Yeah, I think it's still going to happen. I got it. I, uh, I yeah, had this. No, it definitely will happen. Just, I had this uh, idea. I had this idea that I would just sing it on the show, and then that would be a recording of it. But then they're going to hear it. Like, don't we want them to hear it after you've arranged it? Uh, it's up to you. If you want to just sing it on the show, then Alex and I can go to work arranging it. Maybe get an Alex arrangement and a Schaefer arrangement. Co-arrangement. I'll do my best to remember the original Tarzana California Folk Festival arrangement from 1995. The 1995 Tarzana Folk Festival? It was the 96. 1996. One that, we, that we really featured that song. 1996 Tarzana California Children's Folk Festival. We'll not, we'll not be forgetting the names Matthew and Schaefer very soon. Because in 95, you were in jail in Mexico, remember? Couldn't for make crime, that one. For a crime I didn't commit. <laughs> <laughs> I promptly escaped into the Children's Folk Festival Underground in Southern California. If you <sighs> have a birthday party and you can find them, maybe you can hire Matthew and Schaefer. I think that I shouldn't sing it on the air. And okay, let's keep working on it. Let's keep working on it. We'll make it. We'll make it. It's gonna happen. We'll get it back there. Just, just hang in there. We'll bust it off. Maybe we'll make it happen. We'll bust it out for episode one hundred and twenty-five. 
Matthew, uh, real quick, I've got a I've got a news cruise for you. Oh. Give me a beat. News. Schaefer is probably reading the news. Okay. I'd like to welcome your, men on the street, Schaefer. Oh. You got your you got your Utah monoliths, right? You got your Siberian or your Ukrainian, your Romanian monoliths. Where's the other monolith? Uh, I don't know. There was one in like Fresno. Well, some festive fellows and or ladies, some jesters with a, with a holiday spirit in San Francisco Park erected a gingerbread monolith. Oh, that's so nice. How about that? Yeah, Corona I like that. Heights Park. Uh, after similar structures of metal period under mysterious circumstances, including the Utah desert, Romania, California, Texas, England, and North Carolina. Did you realize Texas was on the list? I did not. I'm really, I'm really sad about how the story went. But these guys, these gingerbread monolithers, they made it happy again. That's oh just, no, no, that's that's, good old I, that's brilliant. Right there. Yes. Talk about meta. They were, <laughs> they were we so often do making fun of the fakes of the phonies. <laughs> they made the phonies look foolish and sweet. I thought maybe like I knew that was a story that had captivated you and you had fallen out of love with it a little bit. I thought maybe that would bring you. That does make me feel bad. I'd like to face. see a picture of that. I guess I could, I guess I could Google it right now, but I'll put I'm, it on the, I'll put it on the Facebook page. I, I'm lazy. I just say wintry. I just say, I just say Vidja. I actually, I like Vidja. <laughs> Thank you for, are you looking at a picture of that monolith? Did it have any like gumdrops on it? Uh, it had, it was, it was some large square pieces of, uh, of gingerbread with kind of your classic icing in between, I think. Do you as a classic ginger have any kind of good feelings about gingerbread? I, I love gingerbread. And yeah. I, I just, I love ginger and I love candy ginger. I love ginger, uh, ginger chicken. The ginger uh, root. Yeah, the, the, the root they call ginger, I find delightful. Um, I like pickled ginger. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, yeah, that's, I like, I like being associated with a, with a fun little spice, little herb or spice, whatever you call that. Mm, yeah um, my name is matt that's the thing that's on the door that you wipe your feet on so i wouldn't know anything about that your name's not matt oh right thank you my name is matthew sir thank you have we ever talked about that on this show <laughs> we could do a, we, we could do a whole episode on how i used to be called matt and then i wanted to be called matthew and and that schaefer in particular had the hardest time in the world See, I'm afraid to have the conversation because it took me so long. Oh, you were a very late adopter. To kick Matt. And I, I let you. I Listen, people who knew me in the Matt days, I it's grandfathered in mostly. Yeah. But, I, but you did 
after that hall conference where I explained to your sister the situation in front of everybody, you you pretty much uh, you got in line, or you 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 respectfully assented to Matt. To me, to Matthew. I just want you to be happy, my friend. Well, nothing could make me more happy than this podcast, except wealth, vast, vast wealth. Um, <laughs> so where are we in the program here? Oh, yeah. Um, I wanted to go back to Matthias Valina because I'm still in the dream cycle. And I'm, I, I have probably uh, 30-something dreams. I've only read about 20 of them. But I wanted to share a gem for you. I, I wanted to share a gem with you and the listeners and the hunter-gatherers. The eighth dream had to be the eighth. Are you ready? I am. Close your eyes. Close your eyes at home unless you're driving. Low chanting wakes you. You smell smoke. You follow the sound and smell to your bathroom. You fling the door open. Three cats are performing a witchy ritual around a cauldron filled with burning flip phones. The cats make room for you and you edge in around the cauldron. You join the ritual, repeatedly chanting your own name. That's a good one. That's a, that's a delightfully spooky one. It's so short, and it's so... <laughs> There's a lot going on there in a, in a short dream. Uh, I have a poem too. Uh, do you think, should we just do one question from Jeff? We're, we're kind of behind on them. Yeah, let's do one. Let's do one question. Can I get let's a do one and we're going to do, yeah, I, I made this beat especially for the, is it Q from J? Questions from Jeff. Q from J. Questions from Jeff. Q from J. <laughs> this is a funny one. Now remember the the past questions from Jeff. If you had a Groundhog Day pill, uh, if you can master any skill, do you believe in ghosts? That, those were the first three. Those were some heavy ones. Those were some. Uh, I thought you were gonna rhyme those. Uh, yeah, there was. That's kind of how it was going, wasn't it? But unfortunately, ghosts doesn't rhyme with skill or pill. I've discovered. You could say, "Are there ghosts My, on your windowsill?" My <laughs> Have you uh, ever seen ghosts on your sill? Do you believe in window sills? What about the whippoorwill? Ooh. Okay. Go song. on. Go on. Hank Williams has heard the long. That's not tangent in Q from J. Q from J. All right, you ready for this? Another. I'm another as ready as I'll, have, I'll. I'm as ready as I'll be this evening. Okay. <laughs> Cantaloupe or watermelon? This is easy for me. I think it is uh, for me too. I wonder 
Huh. Who, who should go first? Right. Well, it's count to three. Let's say it at the same time. <laughs> but we're on Ring Central. We, it right. might get. It might it's get. Still fun. You go first. One, two, three. Watermelon. Oh yeah. I mean that. That's the answer. Think, Who yeah, would I choose so. can't? What? I, mean, I guess there are people out there that would choose cantaloupe, but. I like uh, cantaloupe and prosciutto every now and then. First thing, did you know that you can get salmonella from cantaloupe? I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real salmonella vector. And I have no idea. Of, the, of that style of melon, I would prefer a honeydew. But still, over all of those things, I would prefer a watermelon. See, I think I'm cantaloupe before I'm honeydewing. Oh, okay, that's fine. But, but I feel like they're, they're very similar to me. I think watermelon might be in my top five. Top five fruits coming up next episode. Yeah. I mean, the watermelon is just such a cultural delight. You know? Nobody, has, me- nobody has cantaloupe speed, seed spitting contests. However, if we're talking about Herbie Manson's cantaloupe, Was that was that a Herbie Mann song? Or? This reminds me of karaoke with you, where you reference songs that I've never heard of, <laughs> <laughs> or artists that I've never heard of. <laughs> well, he was no Roy Donk, but he, had, he was a regular <laughs> on the Cool Kid Hour. <laughs> Herbie Mann, okay. <laughs> what a hip young reference. <laughs> um. So there, there, there you have it, Jeff. Um, it's a watermelon, Jeff. One Magic Nation. But I can, I can see how Cat might be vexed by that. If anybody happens to be a cantaloupe person, if you're a watermelon person, don't bother to get us. If you happen to be one of the rare cantaloupe people, I'd like to hear from you. We're just going to um, assume that all the hunter-gatherers are watermelon people. And, uh, Matthew, did I talk to you about, you know, Cat got at me about the Jeff questions, you know, and she said, you know, she was talking about how now that she hears us, you know, kind of processing them, she has a different, she has different feelings about these questions. Um, now she says she enjoys hearing it now. And I thought, I got to think it makes sense actually. Right. You know, if you're like, you know, trying to raise a wild child and keep house clean and hold a job down. And then just like, I don't know where your husband's like, (laughs) If you had a groundhog, Dave Hill, yeah. you're like, shut up, dude. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, uh, listen, yeah. I'm in a similar situation, and I'm, <laughs> I can see myself doing that, being like, in, in the midst of all the, once again, <laughs> corporeal-ness of family and marriage and whatnot, you know, like, um, I can see just referencing some kind of, metaphysical plane as irritating but i'm glad that we're helping again we are facilitating communication we're we're strengthening relationships i i will i want to say this this show is strengthening relationships with some friends of mine who are listening and they um I don't know. I I think that it's brought me closer to some people. Um, That's wonderful. 
Yeah. I don't want to be super specific because, uh, you know, that could get weird. <laughs> but uh, you know who you are. It's you. Is it me? <laughs> well, I mean, the royal you. The hunter-gatherer you. I was thinking... I'm speaking to... Obviously, this has made us closer. <laughs> I, think, I think about you every day. In a good way. <laughs> because I'm the guy editing the show. Yep. And because and I don't know... That's something I should talk to Matthew about. Oh, right. That's something I should talk to Matthew that's something um i was thinking about hunter gatherers let me uh let me uh put this in your pipe and smoke it okay um so we said you know well there was one magical nation one magical nation was in its early stages right is and that's why we decided to call them the hunter gatherers right because it's the dawn of the one magical nation civilization right yes i was like is there like is there some point, at what point do our hunter-gatherers enter the Iron Age or whatever it is that's next? Well, I think that if you get a thousand people together, you yeah. can do agriculture. Okay. Maybe less, maybe less. Maybe it's 500 people. If, if 500 people are, are starting to download each show, yeah. then I can see that being... Then we will, we will like a plateau for society. We will lay down our sword and shield, and give up our nomadic ways, and we'll lay down the. You turn our swords into plowshares. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I like it. Cool. So, well, way to answer my question, very. Quickly. Let's call it. Let's call it five hundred, and then. All right. Then the levels get bigger. You know, it's like. But then the the hunter gatherer is going to be really snobby to the. Uh, the agricultural oh oh super self-righteous yeah yeah and that's part of the oh. that's oh, part of the appeal gathering? yeah that's part of the <laughs> that's part of the appeal of getting in on the ground floor <laughs> you can treat you can treat those newbies like they don't know shit about shit <sighs> i know that i, I, I want i'm going to pre-promote something and then i want you to read a poem and then we got to go but um we talked about doing a Texas accent variation discussion show. Oh yeah. Let's remember that. I'll move that off of the bottom of this show sheet and up. And, um, should we have hunter gatherers email us recordings of their Texas accent? We should have everybody, uh, email us recordings of them saying, Shafee, Shafee, are you there? <laughs> This this did sort of, and we can play all the different Texas accents. Doing this, that. Did, did, this sort of came out of a discussion about Jeff's accents. Yeah, yeah. Which sat, which is very East Texas, yeah, very Southern. Uh, and, I guess uh, it, I guess it's different from West Texas. And Cat has a delightful accent too. I think hers is more probably more of a. I mean, I guess it's a Woodlands accent, like a North Houston accent. Yeah, my accent is like a a pre-programmed robot, Teddy Ruxpin sort of thing. Yeah, well, you know, my dad was guessing you were, you were from the Midwest somewhere. And, uh, again, I think that's because Tom Brokaw really influenced gotcha. my cool. news speak. My news speak, which became pod speak. 
something else that we should forward, forward promote too is a, a visit with my little sister. Uh, producer Am I Rightish Grace is due to check in one of these days soon, so look forward to that. Um, Might be just, next episode. Heck. Yeah. I have been enjoying our little run of no interviews, mainly because I feel like I, I really have to prepare for an interview. And with this, I can just stumble into it uh, yeah. un- unclothed, maybe socks only. I've really enjoyed these kind of relaxed holiday episodes, definitely. <laughs> I, like, I like how you brand everything. It's great. You're like a marketing ninja. <laughs> Hey, you got a poetry corner for us? I do. I wanted to read a poem by Ted Berrigan. This is a this is a poem by Ted Berrigan. It's called Three Pages. It's dedicated to Jack Collum. Uh, and I I would uh, like to dedicate this reading to uh, my friend Eddie Berrigan, who's uh, Ted's Ted's son. Uh, great, great dude, fellow Bob Dylan fan. Ten things I do every day. Play poker, drink beer, smoke pot, jack off, curse, buy the waters of Manhattan, flower, positive and negative, go home, read, lunch, poems, hunker down, changes, Life goes by quite merrily, blue. No help wanted, hunting for the whale. And if the weather plays me fair, I'm happy every day. The white that dries clear, the heart attack, the Congressional Medal of Honor, a house in the country, not enough. Wait, did I write that? You like that? There was a lot. I felt like a lot, but not by the waters of New York or whatever. That one, that one, that one spoke to you, did it? A little bit. <laughs> so that, that was a, a real weird, yeah, really weird and very, very real poem. Who's the author again? Ted Berrigan. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, here's do you, to you. Do you Sorry, think that... Do you think that people come to One Magical Hour for the poetry? I, I, I imagine in my head that they do. I think some do. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I like to think whether they come for it or not, they enjoy it every now and then. I certainly enjoy it. Like in that way that I always enjoy going to a poetry reading with you or one of yours or like when you just sort of like make space for poetry. I don't know. I love that, yeah. but you know, I'm an artist, so it, you know, and it's it looms the, lar- it looms large in my mind. It's something that not a lot of not a lot of venues make space and time for. So yeah, um, oh, if we can do our, our little part, I'm happy to do it. I'm glad we got this. Listen, hunter gatherers, we love you. Uh, we want you to go out and meet other hunter-gatherers and coalesce around agriculture and get us up to 500 downloads per podcast. And then you can be so insufferably snobby about how, oh, well, I would, I, I'm one of the top 500. 
So you, you'll call me H and G, sir. <laughs> and remember, the poorer the choices, the sweeter the wine. Indian chief, karma boomerang, cut you down, itch your knees, y'all, and the pendulum swings. <laughs>